Good day. How's it going? <laughs> Welcome to the debut episode of We Gotta Know Podcast. I am your host, Jason, and that's my co-host, Spencer. How's it going, everyone? It's episode number one. Lots of good things planned in the upcoming podcast, so I hope you stick with us. Uh, check of our Facebook account. Check the Instagram account, and uh, we got lots coming to you. Lots of old guests, and hopefully some new guests as well in the punk hardcore world worldwide. Um, I guess I come from an East Coast perspective, and you come from a West Coast perspective, eh, Jason? Uh, that's what they said in the yearbook, Spence. So, anyways, we're just here today to you know do a brief introduction to the podcast and who we are. Just learning this whole business. My first question is: How did you get involved with in this music, Jason? Uh, Let's go back to when you were like a little kid. Was music always a part of your life? Always, big time um, in my house. Yeah, my grew up in my my mom and dad had H K Tel hits, you know, eight tracks, and then vinyl kicking around. And my family was always big on it. They're European, so there's always Christmas and everything. There was always music on and dancing and records. And my uncle was like a huge DJ, home DJ dude with uh, hundreds of records. So yeah, it was always, you know, a huge part of my life. And I got into it very early, like seven or eight years old, collecting, collecting music. <laughs> I was a metalhead by eight years old, you know, Molly Crew and Twisted Sister was the big first band for me, Molly Crew and Twisted Sister. And yeah, I just got kind of like most people, I think just got into the music from just, you know, as they got older and I got into junior high, you know, I was into thrash and speed metal. And then started getting into skateboarding actually the summer in 1986. And like a lot of people, Thrasher Magazine started getting into tons of stuff from that. And, you know, I met a lot of other skater uh, guys and became friends with them and got into the local scene basically through them. So for myself, I think when I was in fifth grade, I met a kid in class who was uh, actually just immigrated from England. And I recall him wearing a denim vest with patches of ACDC, Motorhead, Status Quo, Saxon, et cetera, et cetera. And he got me quickly into that stuff. Uh, I remember going to his house, him showing me all these 45s so some cool ACDC singles, Motorhead singles. And uh, I got into music through that. Uh, how, how old were you? When oh, you- fifth grade. So growing up, not being a white guy, for those of you who are not a visual podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was, I was always attracted to the uh, unpopular side of things, always willing to take a chance. Always wanted to discover. Um, what was your think, What was your first What was your first big band you got into? First big band was ACDC, Highway to Hell cassette. I remember buying that? I was just totally blown away as a kid. You know, when we had Walkmans, we used to walk around with our Walkmans. I used to just wear that tape to death. Um, with the whole hard rock thing, I just did a lot of record shopping. That's what my weekends were about: going to record stores and yeah, just, for sure, just taking chances. Didn't know anything about the bands. This is pre-internet, so I bought a lot of magazines, Circus, Cream, Hit Parader. Remember, they used to have yep. like heavy metal hard rock specials. Mm-hmm. So I would snag those up and just read about the bands front to back. That was before, uh, you know, before we could hear about internet or see things online. So you had to discover it for yourself if you didn't know anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We should also, in case we haven't given enough clues yet, we should all clue in that we're no spring chickens. I'm uh, 47 years old. And myself, and it, I'm in my early 50s. So uh, please excuse us if, 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 uh, if our dates or details are all muffled. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as a kid, uh, 
you know, it was definitely all self-discovery of uh, music and all that, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you had um, the, like, the record store row, too. Of course, I've never been to Toronto or the East Coast myself, but we had it in Vancouver. Um, track Records, A and B Sound, Sam the Record Man, some independent label, uh, and independent record stores, mind you, there. So it would be, like, you know, grade 8 to 10 or whatever, taking the bus. And then the SkyTrain down there was an all-day event to go and, like, buy your two tapes or whatever, you know? It was uh, definitely different back then, but... Absolutely. Fanzines, uh, magazines. I've been religiously reading ever since Circus Magazine when I was a little kid. I've always wanted to know everything about the bands I like. So how did you that link to uh, punk and hardcore, the whole hard rock, heavy metal uh, interest? Well, like I say, from Circus Magazine, I think that was probably, when did much music drop? Which, but it was the Canadian version of MTV 84, I want to yeah. think. Like, I'm not, I think it was probably before, like I said, it was like Circus Magazine and I had friends with older brothers and sisters and stuff that were into the heavier stuff. Like say Motley Crue was the first band I remember like really, really liking. And then Twisted Sister, then Iron Maiden. I went to my first show in 1984, 10 years old. Thank you, my oh. parents, for uh, maybe not being the best parental ideas or letting me do, you know, what maybe I shouldn't have been doing at 10 years old, but it's all good. It totally changed my life. And like I said, from there, it was just a beeline into getting into the heavier, more extreme kind of stuff. Like there was no punk rock in my life, aside from seeing the Ramones or the Sex Pistols on much music until I got into, uh, until I got into grade eight in 1986. So like I said, there was Thrasher Magazine, big in the skateboarding that summer, 86. And I met all these skateboard guys you know friends i didn't know and from there it was fanzines and um well of course there was much music the power hour and the punk show and all that so i think it was a pretty normal normal line which i was trying to say last time a lot of people the same way like seeing we gotta know by the chromax like anybody that knows me knows it's my absolute game changer in my life seeing that video and you know went out and bought uh age of coral cassette when it came out and that was just like a you know, total game, total game changer. Like being from a metal kid, getting into crossover, and then even death metal and stuff. After Chromags was always my favorite. Them and Agnostic Front, who were the first real hardcore bands. Them Bad Brains, I guess. That just put me on the path to hardcore. Like I still was into the metal and thrash and stuff, and like the death metal and grindcore. Um, even, but it was always the hardcore stuff that appealed to me the most. So. I think all of us could agree that we always wanted something more extreme and more harsher and faster and, and louder. I think a uh, good thing for me was in Toronto, I think uh, we used to have a midnight metal hour on Saturday nights on FM radio. And they would play all the more extreme metal. So I, I remember hearing Metallica and Accept and uh, Exciter, all the faster stuff than your usual hard rock stuff. And that's kind of where I started getting into the hall, that thrasher stuff like Metallica, Exodus, all the Bay Area thrash, um, which eventually led me to hardcore. But I think for me, the, the, the thing that got me into hardcore or got me introduced to reading about it was uh, in Cream Magazine back in the day, they used to have ads in the back of Cream Magazine, little, little small ads. Yeah. There was a company called Toxic Shock, and they did mail order from Pomona, California. So I used to uh, order from them. I remember sending a $1 away for a catalog. When I got that in the mail, I was like the boy with the little Sears catalog in my hand. Just pages and pages of like write-ups on bands and EPs and LPs. And it was, it was something new. It was discovery. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I sent away for my first order, 
which was a seven seconds, seven inch EP, Skins, Brains, and Guts. And that's kind of my first uh, my first introduction to punk hardcore. After right that, the rest is history. Just started ordering on ordering uh, not online through the mail, and yeah. uh, sending those money orders in cash and uh, getting stuff every so often. You know, parents were wondering what this what was going on here. Just getting all these packages in the mail in the mailbox. But uh, yeah, until until Max Rock Roll came, that was what my exposure was. Um, you know, I did a lot of like writing letters and pen paling with people around the world in the eighties. And now that Facebook has uh, taken control, uh, I've been able to reconnect with a lot of people that I used to write to, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, I think we we, we connected through uh, Facebook. So yeah, the power of Facebook, people. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> As a communication tool. So what after that? I mean, so you're 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 a kid. You get into this. What was your first? What was your first project you had that was just? Oh, oh, I actually used to say, what was your first? What was your first punk hardcore show? That was around eighty nine um, at York University Radio in uh, North York, Ontario, which is uh, just outside of Toronto. Uh, had a, my own open format. Uh, it was the open format aggressive music show, so it wasn't specifically punk and hardcore. It was okay. a bit of bit of everything, you know. I, I even played comedy records to uh, spoken word, industrial stuff, hip hop, you name it. It was just three hours of madness, three hours of open format, uh, and that was a that was an ex- interesting experience because it got my first taste of being live on radio and programming shows and talking about the music and all that. So after that, I finally uh, got a hold of. Uh, being the host on Aggressive Rock Radio in Toronto, which was one of Toronto's longest-running hardcore punk metal radio shows. Started around 1983, and I took over that around 1992, I believe. And uh, I did that up to a, I did that up to around 1995. Nice. And again, uh, it was it was a total experience. You know, through radio stations, you get to interview a lot of people. Free guest lists, lots of swag, and yeah. you, get to, you get to hear the latest music, right? Because uh, that's where you get all the promos sent in. How about you? Did you get any uh, radio exposure? Or? No, I never did. I never did the radio the radio show thing. Um, I listened to um, Flex Your Head, you know, which is the main one. It's still going strong here in Vancouver. You know, started by Eric and Jinx, uh, Eric from Strain and Jinx from BNU way back in late. 80s and no for whatever reason no i never did get into the radio show thing but i mean i did you know a little fanzine i've helped out with that i've done little tape label um god what did i say i had that all down i can't even think yeah like i've done a little bit of of most of everything in the in the music independent music kind of thing so i guess most people will know you from the band burden uh, maybe you could tell us a little more about that. When it started, how did it start? I wanted to start a straight edge band because at the time there weren't any in Vancouver, and I had played in a band with uh, Sean Spear, who was the other founding member of Burden previous, called Abstain, and that band broke up, and we decided to start a new band, a new straight edge band, and that's what we did. Uh, the previous band I was in for a very short period of time was called burden with some friends and um that 
only went on for about three, no, three quarters of a year. And we played some shows in Seattle and Vancouver and we started getting a pretty good response. And so the name had started getting out there. And then the other guys in that band were both in big bands. My friend Happy was playing Gob at the time and the other dudes were in a band called Target. They just didn't have the time anymore. So the band broke up and me and Sean started this new band. And I thought, well, Burden hadn't done anything. We'd recorded a demo, which never came out. And I said, well, let's just keep the name. Let's keep going. Anyways, got a lineup together. A couple friends filled in from other, uh, a couple other bands. And we recorded our first demo in November of 97. And it was a chosen path demo. Started playing shows immediately locally and in Seattle. And I was just kind of went from there playing more shows. Luckily being, you know, two, two hours from Seattle, we played there a lot, probably every month and, you know, made a lot of really good friends and connections down there. So that was the connect with them. Trial really helped us out a lot. Um, so we played shows with them a lot. 1998, we recorded, end of 1998, we recorded our first uh, seven inch CD, The Strength of Conviction. We also went down, did our first West Coast tour with uh, its band Deadlock from Spokane, Washington. That was awesome. So yeah, just like any other band, we just started doing more and more, getting more opportunities. Yeah, we just kind of went from there. We did uh, did the seven inch, ended up doing a full length, um, a label from Germany called Dead Serious uh, Recordings. We went to Europe uh, in 2001. And again in 2003, and yeah, in a nutshell, that was just seven years. I uh, did what we could. Everything I ever wanted to do, we accomplished. Luckily, we never made it to the East Coast, which was kind of a bummer. I would have liked to have done that, but that never happened, unfortunately. So yeah, it was seven, seven years and had a really good time, met a lot of awesome people, traveled. It was cool. Yeah, and speaking of burden, isn't there something you want to tell us about a release coming up? Yeah, we have a discography coming out on Black House Records out of the States. And that's gonna be on digital, cassette, and CD. It's just gonna be cool to have it out again because people, I get emails every month about people asking about it or, and they're doing a shirt too. So it's just gonna be cool to, for people to get a chance to own that stuff again physically. It's online as well. It was a huge part of my life and um, it was just cool to revisit that and have something fresh coming out again. So definitely check that out if you guys are, uh, you know, online. I'm sure you'll hear about it uh, sooner or later. Uh, so you not only did you do Burden, but you're also a lot of things in the local scene here. You were you book shows. You were uh, a roadie for Diglo Abortions, really? <laughs> when did that happen? A couple, uh, a couple of years ago, and it ended up unfortunately only lasting for one day as they bought a really it was a north american tour i was going to go on as a roadie for them and we did the first vancouver show the tour was with Breheria, who are wicked um first show in vancouver went off without a hitch unfortunately the mini bus that they bought they never got checked out and was very old and to make a long story short the tour ended for me just before hope bc which is about two hours from vancouver east and yeah, it could have ended very bad, but a tire blew. <laughs> and um, we were lucky that there was nobody else in the other lane or we could have been in some very rough shape. But anyways, that's that That was the uh, basically a two-day tour with those guys, I guess I could say. And it was really cool hanging out with them. Unfortunately, they needed to continue. They rented a vehicle because we had already missed the second show uh, that was up in Eastern BC. And unfortunately I never caught up with them because the van was pretty much right off. So 
yeah, no, it was going to be a North American tour, six week, or six week North American tour. They're playing a lot of shows with uh, negative approach, which would have been rad. But wow, it kind of sucked. But at the same time, I had a really good two days with those guys. All things considering, one of my favorite bands. So maybe they're still going, right? I yeah, think they're, they're still, still going. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Okay. Never stopped. So with that, uh, we got this podcast here. We hope to maybe bridge the gap between young and old. You know, not yeah. only just alienate certain ages or anything like that i know some podcasts cater to certain groups or or circles what have you but we hope to maybe bring some younger listeners here and some older listeners and get them involved and get different perspectives here uh, absolutely what is your vision of this podcast because i know myself uh it was always about not alienating anybody you know appealing to the worldwide audience for yeah. someone who lives in you know eastern europe to Asia to wherever, you know, hopefully they can check out one of the podcasts and get something out of it. What kind of vision do you have for this? I've always wanted to do something like this. I did have a podcast about actually nine years ago. I did the last one, which was uh, a few basically like radio formatted radio shows. That was just a podcast. I had a media fire download and uh, it was just a radio show basically. And I got a lot of downloads and a lot of really good um, feedback from that. But then life just kind of got crazy and I got away from it. And like I say, when we were talking, you know, when we met and we started talking about it, it was just something that seemed natural, like with your background in radio and everything and my stupid knowledge of, well, not stupid, but I mean, I have a crazy good knowledge of, of music. You know, I thought it was a good idea. I, I like talking music with people and we, you know, we got a lot of friends between us and I just thought it would be really cool to, uh, to do this North America. I think we've got covered, you know, you'd be in the East coast connection, a lot of cool people um, from bands and people from the scene that have some interesting conversations with, I think it's going to be good. And you were talking about also bringing in guests that are not in the hardcore punk circles when we talk about wrestling or yeah food or what have you uh, <laughs> it, you know the the limits are endless right exactly like i said it's not i mean yeah sure we're going to do a, a interview based podcast or whatever for the most part but like yeah let's just be open and doing what we want to do if we want to if we want to uh interview a wrestler or a freaking chef let's do it just as long as we make it interesting people want to tune in one thing we definitely don't want to do like i mentioned you before is just have the same old questions with everybody Keep it interesting, hopefully, and hopefully people want to listen and come back. So I guess I want to stress uh, to the listeners, you know, if you want, uh, if you've heard this podcast, this episode one, feel free to leave us comments, uh, PM us, you know, on the, uh, on the We Gotta Know Facebook page. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, feel free to let us know. We're open to suggestions. Uh, yeah, to add to that, Spence, there's also an Instagram, uh, an Instagram page. We'll post, we'll, somehow we'll figure out a way to post the links. Uh, to this when this is come when this comes out or whatnot yeah there's a facebook page a blog spot page actually too so basically we're just winging this and yeah we're just going for it and we got episode number two on deck which is going to be uh, a good show uh, maybe we shouldn't reveal the guest yet uh you can check it out we're going to be announcing it on the uh the we gotta know facebook page as well as the Instagram page. So uh, be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that one and many more guests to come. So uh, definitely check us out. Give us your feedback. We'll appreciate it. Definitely. We do appreciate it. And yeah, listening to that, whatever platform, whatever streaming platform you're on, please subscribe 
and like and like this page to keep up with what's going on. And again, like Spencer had said, there's a Facebook page and also an Instagram. And we'll hit the links up there somehow. Before we end this, we didn't want to keep this one long. I wanted to ask you also about your previous stuff in Toronto, Spence. Like you did a record label that did some cool, very cool stuff. Tell us about that. I put a few uh, records out uh, back in the day. Uh, there's a Toronto band called One Blood. I did their debut seven inch. And I also put out the Chokehold Crisis of Faith split seven inch EP with my buddy Ted uh, from a label called Grinding Edge Records. Uh, what else do you want to know? Toronto Hardcore Hotline. I used to do that. Uh, that was a hardcore hotline phone line we started to announce shows, events, you name it, anything in the Toronto hardcore scene. Uh, did that for a few years. Uh, did fanzines. Too many to mention. We've all done our share of at least five or ten fanzines. And if I mentioned earlier, we also did the radio show as well. So I've always been uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes type of guy. So I never played in a band or never did any uh, show promotions, but always been a big supporter of hardcore and punk and always supported all the friends' bands. And it still runs in my heart. Still in my, still in my blood in my early 50s here. So uh, let's keep it alive, eh? Yeah, old guy hardcore. You got it. <laughs> so everyone, thanks for listening to our rambling here. And uh, you know, feel free to comment. And we hope you're going to tune in in the future. Uh, myself, I'm going to be like a guest host. I'll be dropping in from time to time. Uh, I know Jason's going to be more committed to this 100%. We hope that you'll enjoy all future podcasts. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>
gotta underscore no underscore podcast. Our Facebook page is www.facebook.com slash WGK podcast. And our website is www.wegottoknow.blogspot.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you check out and enjoy episode two and beyond. Thanks.